Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Earlier this week, I gave Rob a task. I told Rob to get somebody on who could speak knowledgeably about the Chiefs offense, what's gone wrong, and what solutions they would make. He came back a couple of days later and said, how about our next guest? It is an honor. It is a thrill. It is a privilege to be joined by our next guest with stats and information so good. It is backed by NBC Sports and Chris Collinsworth and NFL teams pay for it. A pro football focus. Sam Munson joins us on the show. Sammy, Sammy, it's been a while. How you been, man? Been good. How about you? I'm doing good. The last time you and I talked, Kansas City had the best offense in the league, and now they have like the 14th best offense in the league. So something has gone wrong since the last time you and I talked. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a decline for them. But I guess the only crumb of solace is they're not alone. Half the league is is struggling on offense right now. I think generally this is a year where defenses are fighting back and it's hitting the Chiefs harder than it's hit a lot of other teams. So let's just start with this. Let's start with the 10,000-foot view, and then we'll start to talk about the micro. What has gone wrong for Kansas City's offense? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a few different things that are all pointing in the same direction. Um, You know, we saw last season they were able to move on from Tyreek Hill, replace him, move in a slightly different direction on offense, and it didn't really have that big of an impact. But I I don't think that means it's never going to have an impact. And I think they're missing – the capacity for those explosive plays that used to come so easily for this team. And that's coming at a a same time where defenses are still pushing towards taking away explosive plays league wide. Um, You know, they're, they're successfully blunting a lot of offenses in the NFL, forcing them to be more patient. And now Kansas city is trying to be more patient with a group of receivers that just aren't making enough plays. They're not being efficient enough to make that possible, really, at the moment. Sam, which one of the wide receivers has been the biggest disappointment in your eyes? This is a little bit tainted by the fact that I loved him as a draft prospect coming out, but I couldn't be more disappointed in what Sky Moore has done in the NFL so far. I thought that guy was going to be phenomenal within this offense. 
I don't see the player that I saw in college at all. I mean, his lack of impact in this offense has been absolutely incredible. Whether he's playing inside or outside, he's not making any sort of impact. He's averaging less than a yard per route run uh, this season. He's just not factoring at all. And this was a year where he needed to step up um, and essentially replace the volume that they lost when Juju Smith-Schuster left town, and he hasn't done that at all. What's been the problem with Sky Moore? Because you alluded to it. You were a big fan of his coming out of college. I know a lot of people were. They thought he was the perfect in-the-slot option for this team. It obviously hasn't materialized to that. What's gone wrong in Sky Moore's development here? Yeah, I mean, last season there was um, – he didn't play that much. When he did, there were a few plays where he clearly wasn't on the same page as Patrick Mahomes. And unlike some teams where, you know, it's difficult to figure out if that's the receiver, if that's the quarterback, given that dynamic rookie receiver and Patrick Mahomes, you can probably assume that most of those were Sky Moore's fault, not Patrick Mahomes' fault. Um, and, and, and it was sort of like, well – Maybe he's one of these guys that's going to take a year or two to get up to the level that he needs to mentally to succeed. But that hasn't improved um, year two. His route running just doesn't seem to have the same kind of impact that it had in college. He's not consistently separating against man coverage. He's not able to sort of find the space in zones and just settle and become a high-volume target against zone coverage either. He's just not winning in pretty much any way. Right now, we're talking to Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus, just going through the Chiefs' offense and what's gone wrong and what the solutions are to some of the problems. Let's just keep it in the wide receiver room. Let's talk about Kadarius Toney. There are times where you see the potential, whether it's on special teams, whether it's that catch that he had against the Miami Dolphins. Like He will make a play once every two, three weeks that will make you wonder why the Chiefs don't get him the football more, but he's averaging 8.6 yards per catch since he has gotten here in Kansas City. He has not been a dynamic playmaker hasn't been explosive what's gone wrong with Kadarius Tony yeah and injuries have been a part of that as well um and that's potentially something that you just have to be aware of with Kadarius Tony is that he does seem to have a, a real tendency to pick up injuries which are going to keep him out of the, uh, the game and, and potentially stifle any development that you expect from him but he hasn't progressed more than being that kind of gimmick player a little bit like Miko Hardman where because of the playmaking ability and the athleticism and the things he can do with the ball in his hands, you're waiting for them to expand that role and turn him into just a bigger part of the offense. And it never happened for Hardman. And it doesn't really seem like it's going to happen for Tony yet either, even though, you know, you've got to go back to the start of his career with the giants, but there was that one game against Dallas where he was the offense and he did the gimmick stuff, but he also, ran a real route tree and just made an impact at every level for the Giants in that game and made everyone think, well, this is the guy he can be. I mean, there's just been no evidence that he's going to do that for the Chiefs. He's just maintained that spot on the team as the sort of the the gimmick um, role player within the offense, but doesn't seem, uh, seem to be commanding an expanded role in any way, shape, or form. So let's just keep it with the wide receiver. Last one here is MVS. What has happened with him? Because, I mean, up to this season, he had been a guy that could get you 650 yards, 700, 750. He had a clear, defined role. He was a guy that could make big plays down the field, take the top off of the defense. Like, MVS was a productive NFL wide receiver before this season. He has been bad this year. I mean, really bad this year. What happened to the receiver that Kansas City signed in free agency? 
I think he's the classic example of what's happening league-wide. I mean, he was always something of a one-trick pony in terms of being a designated deep threat. Um, and this is a time where that's being taken away by defenses. And not only was he always a designated deep threat, but he was a guy that would make some mistakes and drop a couple of balls and those kinds of things, which is not a huge problem when you're getting a few of those targets a game because you only need to catch one of them, and it's a massive play. It's potentially a touchdown. And it doesn't really matter if you're dropping the ball because the threat is more important than the actual play at the end of it. The threat changes the defense on every single play. And even if you don't get the, get the yardage gain or the score at the end of it, you're affecting the defense on every other play. Uh, now that's just not happening. Defenses are taking away those deep shots. And when he does have a game, like his average depth of target is 19 this season. He is still the designated deep threat. It's just that those deep targets aren't there anymore. They're, he's not seeing enough of them. And, and then you have a game, you know, like the other week where he drops the only deep shot that comes his way. And it's potentially the difference between winning and losing a key game. Sam, I'm worried about Isaiah Pacheco in this game. He didn't practice on Wednesday, didn't practice today. You and I both know that Andy Reid's policy, if you don't practice, you don't play. If you get three straight DM practices, you are not going to play in the game how important is he in this offense? And if he's not there, how confident are you in Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jarek McKinnon to run the ball against Buffalo's defense? Yeah, I think he's a pretty important player for them. Um, he's the one guy in that backfield that just runs with that reckless abandon, that power, that want to, you know, more than the other guys. Who It's not like uh, Edwards-Alaire or McKinnon. They're not talented players, but they don't have that same kind of desire and impact to just grind out ugly yardage the way Pacheco does. Um, so, you know, you look at his PFF grade, it's, it's markedly better than either of the other two guys this season. I think it's a big loss if they don't have him. Uh, and, and it's potentially a, a significant problem against a team like Buffalo because, you know, that, that is a team that has always tried to take away those uh, deep shots and limit teams and, and make them be patient. So they're sort of forcing you into that kind of game plan anyway it would be a Pacheco type of game theoretically. And now instead it's got to be one of those other guys or, or the combination of both of them that picks up that slack. Sam, what do you have is fixable with this offense? Because I mean, we've been watching the NFL now for three months. We are heading into Christmas time. I mean, you kind of are what you are at this point. And some of the problems that have existed with this offense are still there despite the bye week. I was really hopeful that after the bye week, after they got back from Germany, that we were going to see some fixes, that they were going to be able to kind of hit the ground running. That hasn't happened to the way that I feel 100% comfortable with. What do you think is fixable moving forward with this offense? The big variable, I think, that can change from now towards the end of the season is both the impact that Rasheed Rice makes on the plays that are intended for him and the impact that he can have as a knock-on on everybody else in this team. Like, Rasheed Rice, I think, is their best receiver already by a significant margin. Wide receiver, that is. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is their best receiver, period. But Rasheed Rice, if he's able to get an expanded role down the stretch, and he's now getting that workload, they've made him essentially their number one receiver in terms of playing time in addition to just the impact he's making, if he can continue that development and growth and production and make the plays that some of these other guys aren't able to make number one obviously there's more production to be had there but number two it's going to change the way defenders or change the way opposing defenses 
defend this Chiefs offense. They're going to have to dedicate some more attention to Rasheed Rice, and that's going to open up some more space for Travis Kelsey to get back, you know, closer to his best play, which has been a little bit down this season as well, not because he's any worse, but because there's just no other threat right now. You know, it's not the same as it used to be where if you dedicated everything to stop Travis Kelsey, there were other players that were going to hurt you. You know, they need Rasheed Rice, I think, to make that threat a live one again for to make this offense have multiple ways to win. That's interesting you say that because that's a conversation that we've had on the show that I think some of it is age. Now, we can kind of disagree maybe on what the percentage is. Some of it is injuries. Obviously, he had the injury prior to the season, had the injury against the Minnesota Vikings. He is an older player, the parts around him. How much of the old Travis Kelsey are you seeing? Or to your point, how much of it is Kelsey is still that same guy, but you have just put, uh, you have just put substantially weaker parts around him? I think it's mostly the latter. You're right. There may be a percentage missing, and and who knows what exactly that number is. But there are games where Kelsey is still Kelsey. And, you know, a neutral watching those games sort of goes, well, why doesn't – how come Travis Kelsey can still win over and over and over again and the defense never takes it away? Well, part of it is it's it's a choice. Like, they're deliberately letting Travis Kelsey catch – essentially 10 passes in the game and and going the long way down the drive because it's harder to do and it's, it's less damaging than dedicating two or three guys to Travis Kelsey and opening up one one one-on-one shot 30 yards down the field to a guy like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like it's a deliberate decision strategically by the defense to make them go the long way around to try and score these points. So I think mostly what we're looking at is Instead of having viable threats, whether it was Tyreek Hill when he was there, whether it was Juju Smith-Schuster um, able to at least punish defenses when they didn't give him any kind of respect, right now defenses aren't scared of anybody else in this team. Um, they're not at all concerned by Sky Moore, uh, you know, Justin Watson, Noah Gray, like Kadarius Toney. Sure, they'll pay attention when he comes on for the gimmick, but they're not exactly scared of what he can do anywhere else in the field. But Rasheed Rice is the one guy I think that can make them reassess that dynamic. Sam, are you hopeful that this team can cut down on the turnovers? Because some of the offensive problems, I just think this is just who they are as an offense. But I've been really banging the drum where if this team can cut down on the penalties and cut down on the turnovers, you can do enough offensively. This offense isn't going to be what it was last year when they were number one in points scored. But can they get to eighth this year? Can they get to seventh just given how quirky of a year this year uh, is in the NFL? I think they can do that, but they got to cut down on those two things. They got to cut down on the penalties and turnovers. How realistic is that? Yeah, they do. And a huge amount of those penalties has been on the offensive line. And it's been in two players where they brought in in the offseason. You know, two guys where they voluntarily essentially decided to change personnel and go in a different direction. Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith. Um, you know, they had the option to give that kind of money to Orlando Brown and keep him in the building instead. And they, they went in a different direction. Right now, Juwan Taylor, I think, has got 16 penalties something like that in the season. Uh, Donovan Smith is approaching double digits. They are problematic penalties. I mean, Andy Reid made the point earlier in the season that the league was effectively targeting Juwan Taylor after that opening night game um, and the publicity around that. And whether that's right or wrong, and it's probably been both, I think, over the course of the season, it's a problem now. Like they, Those collectively are are 
costing the Chiefs too much because, again, they don't have the offense from previous years. They're not able to overcome uh, a holding call or you know any kind of penalty that backs them up. They're just not as explosive as they used to be. Last couple questions here for Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus. I want to talk about the offensive line. What do you make of Wanye Morris getting his first start in at left tackle for Donovan Smith, who has the stinger injury? And a lot of conversation has been had about their right tackle position and all the amount of money that they spent on Jawan Taylor. He's leading the NFL in penalties. What does your grade say about the Chiefs' right tackle? Yeah, I mean, he's grading reasonably as a pass blocker, but his overall grade is below average in large part because of those penalties. Um, And that's kind of been his dynamic throughout his career in the NFL. He's always been an above average pass blocker, but not a great one. You know, there's a lot of people um, within league circles would tell you that Juwan Taylor is one of the best pass blockers in the NFL at the tackle position or certainly at the right tackle position. The PFF grades have never backed that up. They've always said he's a good, not a great uh, pass blocking right tackle. Um, but, but when you combine that with those penalties, I think that does end up with a, a subpar, a below average season overall this season. Um, and then Donovan Smith has kind of been in the same ballpark, only without the above average pass blocking. Like he's just been a below average starter across the board. Sam, who has to watch the game tonight for Thursday Night Football? There's no way that all of you on Pro Football Focus have to watch it. Who has to watch the game today? Is it you? I got to watch it, yeah, because we're, oh. uh, we'll be talking about it on the show tomorrow. So I have to sit through it. Um, and, I, you know, a lot of other people do, too. I'm, I, thankfully, I don't have to do the data collection on it. I'm, I've, I've avoided that, but I do have to watch it. I mean, I'm telling you, I'd rather have a very serious talk with the wife than do that. Like, if you're telling me for the for those three hours, would I rather listen to Taylor Swift just nonstop on a loop, just hear anti-hero over and over, or watch Thursday Night Football? I'm listening to anti-hero. It it does feel like the kind of game though where there are going to be things that happened in this game that haven't happened since like 1934. Those are always fun games, you know where. Halfway through the third quarter, Al updates you on something that's never been seen since the late, you know, 20s, since the National Football League wasn't even called the National Football League. That is our guy, Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus, joining us on the show today to talk about the Chiefs offense and what's going wrong and also a solution and hope for the future. Sam, it's always great talking to you, my friend. I appreciate you. Anytime. Take it easy. Absolutely. That's Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus joining us on the show today. I think I maybe, like, I set a hard line on, like, kids' songs. Like, I don't know if I could sit there for three hours and listen to the wheels on the bus go round and round, and then I got Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and then I got, you know, Old Mother Hubbard. I don't know if I got three hours of that in me. All right, I'll watch the game. But if you're telling me I just got to sit there, and I don't think I've listened to three hours of Taylor Swift music, like, combined in my entire life. But if you just like, all right, I'm going to play you. Hey, I'm going to make you a Swifty. We're going to sit here. We're going to watch the Eras Tour. We're going to listen to music. Like, you were going to be a Swifty at the end. I think I'd be willing to give that a chance over I'd be willing to watch Thursday Night Football. I, I'm much, I'd much rather go watch the Eras Tour than watch that. Somebody said, how many times do you think you could do Baby Shark? I think I'd get to about six or seven. Like, all right, man, just cut it on. All right, Bailey Zappi, come on, I'm here. I don't know if I could get to... 30 minutes of Baby Shark on repeat. I don't know if I could do it. That song's not that long. If you got three hours of Baby Shark, you hear that song 200 times. No, I can't do it. 
No thanks. No, I don't think I can make it. Could you make it, Rob? Taylor Swift, probably pretty easily. Baby Shark, I'm out pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I, I would watch the Eras Tour. Yeah, I mean, it's I like. I would watch the movie of it. That's about how long a football game is, right? It's like two hours and 30 minutes. I would watch the Eras Tour before I watch Thursday Night Football. If those are my two options. It's like watching the movie of a concert. I can make that work. Yeah. I'm not the world's biggest Swifty, but I, I can watch her sing Antihero and Red and, okay, cool, whatever. I don't know I could do three hours of Bailey Zappi tonight. Just don't know it. I'm going to play for you guys some audio. This is from CNBC. And you guys know that sports gambling is, um, you know, become a much bigger thing. You know, people are doing that. Well, CNBC, they think that some of the trends that we've seen in our society, they think it can be attributed to the legalization of sports gambling around the country. Here's the audio. It's all young men. And I parallel that with or dovetail that with Pew Research, which says that 63% of young men are single. And that's the highest it's ever been. And 50% of those young men have no interest in dating, not even casually. And 30% of those men or 30% of young men say they have not had sex in over a year and don't seem to care. So the point is they're getting pleasure out of sports betting instead. Sports bet. Well, sports betting now through technology is as easy as buying something, ordering a pizza online or shopping online. And what you see is uh, young men who've grown up with gaming are used to doing everything on their phone. And now they can do all sorts of betting on their phone. You can do uh, real time parlays on, on their phone during a game. That's why you ain't getting none, according to the CNBC financial analyst. Because you out here worried about your parlays instead of, never mind. That's your problem. You're putting the parlay on a pedestal. That's your issue. You worried about FanDuel and not the fanny. That's your problem. That's what CNBC said. You just don't have any interest in dating? Just none? Just doesn't interest you in the least bit. You're just at home laying there. You're just the idea of having someone there just doesn't just doesn't do anything for you. Just have no interest. No. Ball is life. I gotta get these parlays popping. That's real, man. And when you think about it, both ways you're gonna lose money. You're gonna lose money if you pick up a girlfriend. You're gonna lose money on FanDuel too. FanDuel, you can win. You can certainly, she's not really going to help you make a lot of money for the most part. Now, some of you have a woman that's helping you make money, but she's not really going to help you make money. DraftKings can, FanDuel can, prize picks can. You decide. She then later went on to explain how that's going to cause a housing crisis, but I felt like that wouldn't (laughs) be. No, we needed that too. (laughs) We needed that too. She explained. She how, said that sports gambling is going to cause a housing crisis. Well, she then went on to say that group of people is going to be the next wave of people to buy houses, and they're not going to buy houses because they're not coupled up. And she blamed the lack of coupling up on DraftKings. Okay, I just didn't know. I'm telling you, she said you're worried about FanDuel, not the fanny. That's what she told you. I just can't imagine a society where we have a conversation from our political figures, and they say, "Listen." One of the reasons we're suffering in the housing crisis is bet MGM. <laughs> Can you imagine Joe Biden one day being like, you know what? I encourage you to take the Chiefs and the points. I just want to know what will happen.
<laughs> I just want to know what would happen. No one Joe Biden. He might think that the Chiefs are still in Dallas. You know how old he is. He might have forgot. That's definitely a possibility with old Joe. <laughs> That's funny. CNBC, man. Just always, always entertaining, man. The person who chimed in with a straight face, and you think that's causing a problem? Yeah, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's causing a problem. If you came on here like, listen, FanDuel is leading to, a, you know, society burning to the ground, I wouldn't be like, go on. No. I would I would push back a little bit. You guys are worried about bet MGM and not the booty. That's your problem. That's what she said. That's what the CNBC analyst said. You worried about Caesars and not, well. She also worked a gaming slight in there. If you're playing GTA, you're a problem in society. Well, you might be. I don't know. <laughs> you might be. <laughs> you might be. Anybody that plays games, you have definitely been in a scenario in which you have chosen playing a game over the company of another person. A hundred percent that has happened. There's definitely been a time where your wife has been throwing it, throwing little hints to let you know, hey, babe, and you're like, I got to run Call of Duty. Yo, all my boys are going to the wreck on 2K. Do you need something? That 100%. Anybody that plays video games, you have been in that situation, that you have been at a fork in the road, and you decided to go left when she was telling you to go right. Hey, babe, come in here. I'm cold. Can't you see I'm playing Madden? It's the second quarter. <laughs> this was a fourth quarter ask, not a second quarter ask. Relax. And then... You win. The other person now wants a rematch. You got to give them a rematch. You can't just get off the sticks then without giving the man a proper rematch. You violating the code. At that point, somebody got to be mad. It's not going to be those virtual people inside the PlayStation. It's going to be her. So I actually defend that. I am on the video game player side when it comes to that. All right, coming up on the other side, Rob, can I? I have some draft numbers that I would like to get you. Oh, we got K-State coming up here. All right, my bad. You were you were telling me. All right, my bad. I will wait to give you those draft informations. We're going to head to Manhattan, Kansas, and learn about Naquan Tomlin and why he got kicked off the team. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT. The voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis, joins the show every Monday starting at 4 o'clock. Travis Kelsey's on his own planet. When you look at it empirically... There is no way to compare him to anybody else. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? Bow. 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. Let's head to the phone lines right now and be joined by John Kurtz. You guys know John Kurtz. He covers K-State. We bond together over our hatred for the Kansas Jayhawks. John, how are you doing? John, I will say this, and you know you're my guy. You know I like you. I want Naquan Tomlin to transfer to Kansas just to see what will happen. Like, I want to see the world burn, and I know you don't care where he goes. In fact, you want him to play basketball this season, but if he goes to KU, oh, my goodness, the meltdown that will happen on your podcast, the meltdown that will happen on Twitter, the meltdown that will happen amongst your faithful will be something of biblical proportions. That's what I really want to happen just to see what happens. See, Doc, the 48 hours I've had, that's how you're starting this thing, man. Um, it's love, though. Yeah, well, no, look, dude, I'd be lying if I told you there was not a small part of me that hoped for it because it, we're kind of doing this backwards here, you know, without explaining everything that's that's going on and where my – thoughts and educated opinions are and feelings are and everything. But that's if you're talking about making the end result happen, which is keeping Jerome Tang happy, which may take some, I don't know. I, I should be careful what I'm saying here. But if you're talking about wanting the reaction that I would want to happen toward Richard Linton, Naquan Tomlin going to Kansas would be a strong way to make that happen. Now, I don't know the actual likelihood of that. I mean, I don't know what Jerome Tang's feeling on that would be. I don't know what Naquan Tomlin's feeling on that would be. I mean, I'm definitely pretty – I can confirm what Trilly Donovan said, that it's it's in, it, it's something that I think Kansas would potentially want to happen. Um, but I don't – and I just – for his sake, it might just be better to, to try and go pro. He got, I know, great feedback from the NBA, actually, to the point where he, he considered leaving for the NBA more than I think a lot of people realized last offseason because of the feedback that he got. So I – Still think there's a decent chance he goes that route, but dude, I don't honestly, I don't really care where it's at, man. I'm rooting for him and the way that he got treated in, in this whole situation. Like I, even if it's at Kansas, man, I want the best for Naquan Tomlin, whatever's going to be the best for his future. Kurtz, what happened here? Like what happened? Because I'm confused on what happened here. I mean, Rob and I were talking about this yesterday and it seemed like with the protest, Hey, we were going to reach a resolution and they were going to say, Hey, he can come back and play at the start of conference play. I didn't think yesterday when we signed off the air that he was going to get kicked off the team. What happened? Well, that's, I mean, that's been a threat for a long time. Uh, I mean, this is, this has been bubbling under the surface for weeks. Like this is not, this is not something that just popped up. It just finally became more public to everybody. And some of that started with a report from uh, go power cat and Tim Fitzgerald earlier on in the week who, you know, kindly kind of came forward with that after, I think those of us that were in the know had been aware of kind of some of this stuff going on for a while. And look, I mean, everybody knows about the arrest and the bar fight and uh, the, the 
suspension at the time was that he was going to have to get through the legal system. Well, the legal system put him in diversion. And so there was some finality to that. Now there were conditions to that, but he was working towards those. There was like a community service portion and he was out handing out turkeys at Thanksgiving um, that I believe he had purchased with his own money, like trying to knock out some of the community service. Like they were doing all the things that he was supposed to be doing. He had already missed like six or seven games. And I think as of a couple of weeks ago, the expectation was that he was going to be cleared to play. And they, they thought that they would have him back by this point. And I think they thought that and then got told it might happen. And then it got kicked down the road, kicked down the road and more frustration built up every single time that that happened. Now you got to a point where I think the basketball staff was frustrated enough where it was like, look, like we need a decision to be made here. We need to know what's going on because either you got to practice like Naquan Tomlin's going to play, or you got to practice like Naquan Tomlin's not going to play. Right. I mean, we're almost to conference play. It had been dragging on, which was not good for anybody. And again, I would take this back to the university leadership because look, the bottom line is everybody involved with this outside of, one dude that sits in the president's office was cool with Naquan Tomlin coming back and playing. But I will tell you what happened to accelerate the timeline of the 24 hours. The frustration of the basketball staff builds, gets out there with a report. Students, fans are becoming more aware of what's going on. And then President Linton goes to the basketball game where there are free Naquan chants. A student actually got to give a shout out to this kid, tricked the Jumbotron camera into showing like a phone with a giant free Naquan message on it for like five seconds, which is pretty funny. Um, Naquan was there you know the the staff kind of slid him back on the bench all of a sudden and I I don't know what the discussions were about that but I'd imagine that Richard Linton may not have been thrilled with that and then Naquan Tomlin's like wabashing in the student section so he walked off I mean I heard these are just you know people telling me that Richard Linton walked out of the game pretty upset because of everything that was happening there and where the tide started to be turning so it felt to me like in response to that and then protests on campus and Naquan Tomlin showed up to the protests uh, himself. Many players did the next day. It felt to me, now this is a somewhat educated opinion here, that this was a little bit spiteful, the fact that it then happened so suddenly, where it was like Richard Linton got upset with it becoming public, with him becoming public enemy number one, um, in my opinion, appropriately so, with the way that everything was being leaked out there and said enough's enough. Uh, I do believe that he did have a, a meeting with Jerome Tang um, before that happened. And I still don't know that it, anybody expected it to be that swift and for that to necessarily be the decision, but that's what happened. I mean, that I think that's about the best I could lay it out for you. Right now we're talking to John Kurtz who covers K state, just learning more about this Naquan Tomlin situation. John, you and I have been on a college campus enough and been around college environments enough it's surprising to me that no one has this incident on video. This is 2023, and we know college kids are always on their phone. They're always on Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok. The fact that we don't have any video of this incident, the fact that the bars, I mean, this happened in the heavily populated Aggieville Bar District. I'm just surprised because I'm sure you're hearing the same rumors. Somebody said the N-word, a girl got punched. We're hearing a lot of these same rumors. I'm just surprised that there's no video that can answer a lot of these questions. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm I'm actually kind of with you on that. I am surprised that a that a video never came out, you know, during the whole process. That was like my first thought when the the arrest happened. I was like, oh man, I mean, surely some kids have video of that. I I truly don't know what to tell you on that front. I uh, I, I would have thought. Now, I guess what I can tell you is I know that there there is like surveillance footage, security footage that's available in the bar, and I do believe that you know the 
legal authorities that are involved in this have seen that. And that again comes back to, hey, the legal system's cleared him. I would imagine that that video has probably been seen by Jerome Tang and Gene Taylor and everybody involved there. I do not know that. Um, but they've all been involved in that process heavily enough and thought that he was ready to play. And you still got just one guy holding the thing up. Because that is another point I'll make. The, the, the most, I don't know, there are a lot of maddening parts about this. One of the most maddening parts about this is that Gene Taylor is the guy that gets forced to put his name on that statement. That is that is not something that Gene Taylor wanted to do, release that press release. That uh, I'll let you form your own opinions about what you think of leadership when it's the president that's holding that up and he is forcing the athletic director to put that statement out with his name on it. You can draw your own conclusions about what that says about the leadership. But anyway, yeah, I got off on a tangent a little bit there on UCDOT. But, I, yes, I am surprised. I am surprised that we never saw the deal of it. Right now we're talking to John Kurtz. I have two more questions for you, John. I appreciate your time. First question is, are you worried that K-State loses Jerome Tang? Maybe not because of this, but this is the thing that gets the ball rolling. And one day he just looks up and says, hey, I can go to a better program, a bigger program, more resources, easier to recruit, and I also don't have to deal with any of this. Yes, 100% yes. I mean, that's that's why – that's why you've seen the the cataclysmic reaction that you have from everybody. I mean, it felt like the football program and the basketball program both hit existential crisis status within the same 24-hour period. Uh, you know, I mean, speaking of, like, read the room, Richard Linton, could you have given everybody 24 hours to breathe after Colin Klein leaves and you're worried about Avery Johnson and all this stuff? But, yes, absolutely. How could you not be? I mean, Jerome Tang cares about winning a national championship above all else. He said that over and over again. This is clearly – not only hampering his ability to do it this year, but potentially helping somebody that he would be competing against because like West Virginia and Kansas were both on that list that Trilly put out there. I don't know. It was Baylor maybe too. I, there, there were big 12 schools on that list. Like, yeah, you're directly hurting him. He is a very, you know, he's a guy that's not afraid to challenge people and, and throw his weight around in, I think the appropriate situations. You've seen that with the fans here lately too. How do you think a guy like that is going to take, this sort of overreach from the university president, you know, the guy that's not even his direct boss there. Like you can't. And that's what you know, Jerome Tang has been such a, his whole thing is character, right? He's such a man of character and just outward with his, his faith. And just, a, you know, he got the students to stop chanting FKU, all these different things. Like he, he lives his life as a pretty just person here and to, to be the university president, not, not allowing him to just go do his job and exercise his judgment there. I, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine that that would go, that would go quietly into the night and not factor into his thinking for a guy with that, that many options. And I can just tell you, I know the basket. There has been tension there for weeks. I know the the staff has been frustrated and upset for weeks. So I mean, you you do the math on that. Yes, absolutely, yes. I got to ask you this: How much does race play a factor? Oh boy, I I mean I don't know. I have not, I have not thought or had any discussions about that in any way. So, I mean, I don't mean to cop out on the, the answer for you there, CDOT, but I have not heard that really discussed by anybody or or I don't know. I don't have any insight into that. I can't help you. No, that's perfectly fine. Yesterday we had on Tim Fitzgerald, and he mentioned it. I just was I was asking the question. We are talking about a young black man in Manhattan, Kansas, so it at least seems like the question could be asked here. Last thing, Kurtz, and I'll get you out of here. Let's say that your lady comes to you today and says, babe, I want to talk. Would you rather talk? Or would you rather watch tonight's Thursday night football game? Talk, man. What are we Thursday night football? Who, who is playing on? Dude, I haven't watched a Thursday night football game in, I, the, outside of the Chiefs in 
years maybe well it uh, is well tonight it is Patriots and Steelers that is the game we have tonight the over under is 30 for tonight's Thursday night football game boy is Iowa playing they are actually wearing uh Pittsburgh Steelers uniforms today that's uh yeah. that's the same team there we go perfect works out well no I will not I will not be watching uh Thursday night football unfortunately that is John Kurtz joining us on the show he just told you to watch the NBA in-season tournament tonight I heard it I don't you my guys might not have heard it but that's what I heard him say that's my guy John Kurtz covering K-State I appreciate you John thanks a bunch man Hey, take care, guys. Absolutely. That's John Kurtz joining us on the show today. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Catch insider Nate Taylor with Cody and Gold every Tuesday at 1 o'clock on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Well, I have two stories that I want to read to you before we get back to very serious football things. Because you know the text line. They only let us have a little bit of fun. There is a tweet that has gone viral where a woman asked, is this why I'm single? I want to read to you. And then she posted a screenshot of a text that she had sent a young man and said that the man stopped replying to her after this. Rob, this was the text that she got. I have questions for you, and I think it's important for you to answer this as a man and understand this. I am a woman with a plan and know exactly where I'm headed, and I know who I am. Do you know who you are? With all the obstacles in life, how do you stay grounded as a man? Do you have a routine? Do you have a plan in your life? I am intentional, and if we are going to be a part of each other's lives, I need to know where we are headed. If you can't answer these questions, then you have some more self-work to do. How would you respond if that's the text that you got early on in your relationship with the young lady? I mean, that's that's pretty heavy-handed for early in a relationship. I understand why he stopped replying. You know mm-hmm. what? I'm, I'm out. I'm telling you, you got to be like a blackjack dealer when you get up from the table. I'm out. You know what? Maybe this isn't the right personality fit for me. That's a very aggressive text message to be sent. 
with all the obstacles in life, how do you stay grounded as a man? Do you have a routine? Do you have a plan for your life? Live? I, I don't know. It's 4 o'clock. I'm hungry. My plan is to get something to eat afterwards. That's all I'm thinking about right now. If you can't answer these questions, you have more self-work to do. Uh, yeah, you're right. We both do. We're going to do it apart from each other. This is not going to be a together activity. It's not going to be where we are. All right, Rob, I'm going to tell you another story. This is a story about another woman. This woman got angry at the Chipotle worker. Now, I don't know why she was angry. I don't know. But she got angry. I mean, we all get angry at the Chipotle people. How many times, if you order your food on the app, it's going to be wrong 92% of the time. They're going to put black beans in there. They're not going to give you enough rice. The portions aren't going to be. I'm done ordering on the app. I'd rather wait in the line, and then I can regulate the portions myself. Yeah, can I have some more rice, please? Thank you. So I understand getting mad at the Chipotle person. Now, I've never gotten to an altercation with the Chipotle people, but I understand being upset at them. So this woman, she got mad. She threw a bowl of her Chipotle back at the worker. So the judge, the judge gave her two different options. The judge gave her the choice of she could go to jail for 90 days or she can take a 30-day sentence and she has to work 60 days in fast food. Well, obviously, she chose the lighter sentence. And now she gets to know what it's like to be a fast food worker for two months. She also has a $250 fine. She's also going to be put on probation. The court needs to approve the job, but she will have to work 20 hours a week for those 60 days. I only want to add one caveat. She can't work at Chick-fil-A. Nah, you can't work at Chick-fil-A. Nah, that ain't how it works. You can't work at Chick-fil-A. You got to work somewhere else. Where's the worst place you would tell her to work? If she comes to you and she's like, man, I got to do these 60 days, but I got to do real hard fast food time. Where's the worst 60 days that you could put them at? I'm going to guess that working at Popeye's is a very stressful environment. This is why. They're always running behind. It doesn't matter what time you get to Popeye's. It really doesn't matter. You're going to be the first one at Popeye's. It's a 15-minute wait. You could get there right during lunchtime, 12 o'clock. They know people are coming in here hungry, ready to eat. It's a 30-minute wait on the spicy. You know what kind of pressure you're under if you're constantly working from behind? You're never ahead. You've never quickly got your food at Popeye's. Uh, never. It's never happened to anybody. I know you got to send her to Popeye's. She's got to go work at Church's Chicken. You can't. You can't do 60 days at Chick-fil-A. That's not, a, that's not a penalty. That's not a sentence. You get to be one of the chosen ones. My pleasure. No. If you did this where you threw food at somebody and they want to teach you a lesson, they want to teach you what it's like, you can't go work at Chick-fil-A. You got to go work at McDonald's or something. You got to go work at Popeye's. You got to go work fast food in a college town. Late night. You got to be up late night at Fat Shack. You got to do one of those kind of places. If you're going to do these 60 days instead of going to jail, you got to do real hard time. You got to go to Popeye's. 
why wouldn't you just send her back to the Chipotle? If the, you know, you can't do the crime, don't pay the time, whatever the saying is, I really messed that one up. Send her back to Chipotle. You got to figure Chipotle is heavy volume. And if it got her agitated, she can catch that same agitation from someone else. Chipotle seems like the easy. You did this at a Chipotle. Your penance is that you are the salsa scooper at Chipotle. <laughs> one time I remember I'm serious because you know I live downtown so the one uh the one by power of light I saw a I saw a mental breakdown I saw a mental breakdown at, at Chipotle the guy eventually had it and he was like whenever I tend to the line you tell me to do the app when I do the other you tell me and the guy just like I quit and just walked away everybody looked at each other I was kind of laughing but everybody just looked at each other You just can't. I mean, you can't work it. Someone's like, fast food is fast food. Nah, man. Chick-fil-A a different place. You want to know where she's got to go work at? She's got to go work at Quick Trip. She's got to go work at Quick Trip. I am happy that they did this. I don't know. I mean, 90-day jail sentence for that seems a little bit extreme. I'm not saying she should have threw food in the woman, but 90 days in jail seems a little bit of extreme. Now you got to know what it's like to be on the other side of that. Now you got to deal with customers that have the same problems that you do. Salute to this judge. I'm happy. I'm happy that this is uh, I hope I hope we get an update on this story. Uh, I hope that we get an update and we know more about it. But throwing food at the Chipotle worker is crazy, though. Just boom. Food fight. All right, coming up on the other side. What's kind of been a theme this week is going through the draft and sort of how we got here with the skill position players. Spectre actually brought this to my attention. I'll read the stats so you keep it right here. So drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 